0: Well, it's a privilege for me to share the word with you today, and um, I think before we get into it, let's just uh, open up in prayer. Father, I bring this word before you right now. You have laid it on my heart. I've tried to run away with it or run away from it, Lord, and you know that you've kept on coming at me with it. So I know without a shadow of a doubt that this word is for now. It is for your people I pray that they will be encouraged. I pray, Lord, that I would speak under your anointing. I submit myself to you, and I say, Lord, have your way. As these words get shared, that you will do a work in the hearts that need it. And we pray that everybody will be leaving here today fully encouraged, knowing that 2020 is ahead of them, and they need not fear in any way shape or form so we give this word to you now in Jesus name amen amen Amen. I want to share with you a message today entitled I can in him let me say that again I can in him and may that be the declaration over your life as we go into 2020 and we're gonna look at a passage of scripture a little bit later on that is preached on quite often, but not necessarily in the focus or context that I'm gonna share with it, uh, around it today. But we'll get into it, and uh, I, uh, as I have mentioned in the prayer, I've wrestled with this message. I, uh, if, I, if I wanted to share on something else, trust me, I would've. But God has kept on coming back at me, And uh, so I trust that each and every one of you have got an appointment with Him today, as do I, as it comes around in this word. And so the title, I can in Him, comes from the ever popular promise in the Bible from Philippians 4 verse 13, which says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In the Amplified Version, it puts it this way I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I am, and I I like this word, I am self sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Jesus is more than enough for me, and so I can in Him. And uh, So in the last while I saw a social media post, and uh, thanks Clinton for that. uh, He posted this on Facebook, and I'm pretty sure it will be relatable to everybody here, and that is this. Oh, come on, guys! Everybody's done this. Come on! I mean, everyone's done this. Who's brave enough to say you've done it already? Well, in in today's um, you know, with media, and that you can just hit delete. But I still like to write a lot of things down by hand, and it always frustrates me if I have to waste a page. So I, I this is me. I I do this all the time, and I can tell you. I made the same mistake probably till the end of February of 2019, so it's something which uh, is not easy to let go of. But the message I got into this is that the past is the past, and we're moving on into the future, and it reminds me of a saying which says, I'm looking forward to the future and feeling grateful for the past. Yet the past has a, a tendency to hang around, especially all the bad things about the past. They tend just to hang on to you as much as what you try to let it go. And so I want to look at the life of Jesus right now in a portion of scripture in Matthew 26. And if you want to page this so along in your Bibles, please do, if you see the person next to you who hasn't got a Bible or a device, well, just get a bit closer to them and say I'll share with you and then we can read the word together. And, um, but just to create a, a little bit of context around the scripture, we find ourselves in the Garden of Gethsemane. The Lord's Supper has already taken place and communion in terms of what we're going to also be sharing in later in the service has been instituted by the Lord Jesus Christ. And um, so that has all taken place. And Jesus is now facing the biggest hardship of His life as the time is near for Him to be crucified. And the situation is really difficult and overwhelming. I don't know how many people know, but the word Gethsemane refers to an olive press. And so where He finds Himself, or the pressing of olives, Where he finds himself at this point in time is appropriate in terms of the crushing and the bruising which he is going to have to take place on him when he goes to the cross. And so we find ourselves in a a difficult passage of scripture where it is hard. And Jesus, is taking straight, And many messages around the scripture focuses on the disciples and what they go through. And as we read it, you'll you'll see it, but it, it seems to focus on their frailty to understand the heaviness of the situation. It's like they don't get it. And the predominant lesson is that we need to be watchful, prayerful, and ever close to God lest we fall in temptation. And when Jesus speaks those words, he's speaking in particular to Peter to forewarn him about the temptation he was gonna face a little later on. But as I say, I I felt the Lord is saying, let us focus on Jesus when we look at this passage of scripture for today. So take up your Bible. We're going to be reading from verse 36 from Matthew 26. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter, the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. In verse 38, he, he vocalizes it. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death, stay here and watch with me. He went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed saying, oh my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, a second time he went away and prayed, saying, "O my father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. So he left them, went away again, and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then he came to his disciples and said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. And so it's a familiar scripture to many of us, and I think you will immediately see the message in terms of the context of, uh, of the disciples. But as I say, the Lord has laid on my heart that we focus a little bit in on what's happening with Jesus right now. And so you might be wondering, well, why? Well, I like pictures because I feel like they explain things. And uh, when I um, uh, was reading the Fin week in the, in the week, uh, building up to today, I found this picture. Come on <laughs> I heard the yes if you, if you could read my notes, I was going to ask, Is there anybody here who says yes, this is me and so Jesus teaches us a lot in this portion of scripture on how we're supposed to handle things. And um, you know, we cannot take it for granted that everybody is necessarily optimistic about the future. It might vary in different degrees, it might go about different kind of aspects, but for many people whose future is uncertain, that's that picture speaks to them. I've been talking to a lot of people and they say 2019 was an incredibly difficult year for them. That picture again shows me I've just made it. I have just made it to 2020. If you want to liken the, the, the line as uh, the little bit of leave that you might have had if you were fortunate enough, it's just not enough. It is just not enough. So, you know, there are many things that could cause a situation like this and some of it might just be unfinished business. You had an expectation that God was gonna accomplish certain things in your life and come the end of 2019, it just didn't happen. Maybe for you, it is just an uncertain future with regards to your job. Let's face it, the economic situation in our country is rather bleak. And I think to myself at the SMS I got last night at 10 o'clock, stage two, load shitty to commence. That is the world we're living in at the moment. That's where we are finding ourselves. And so, you know, the message today is to learn from Jesus as to how He dealt with situations far greater than than what we seemingly find ourselves, but how we are to respond and go forward in these things. There's a category of person where it's one thing if you have something specific that's weighing you down, whether it's a job, finance, unfinished business, etc., etc. But some people have had so many dots and so many things and so much happen coming at them all the time that quite frankly, they've become indifferent. And I believe that is not the place God has called us to be, is to live in a place of numbness and indifference where we just waft on day to day because quite frankly, I'm so bruised. What's another bruise? God has not called us to be people like that. He has called us to be people of purpose. And so, God is faithful, and and Jesus shows us the way, and I want us to have a a little bit of a closer look at what is happening with Jesus, and it, it brings us to point number one, which is a very real one. Jesus was not immune to fearing what lay ahead. And you might have things which you might be facing which is causing you real fear, and In this particular context, I'm looking at it as Emmanuel, God with us. In Jesus' humanity, He is all in, He is with us. He is not Emmanuel, God with us from a distance. He's facing a real difficult, horrible thing ahead, and yet He is with us. He shares in our humanity and he puts it to us and he, 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 in his own life, he's declaring it, that I am with you. I understand where you might find yourself today. Some of the commentaries refer to it as this, that Jesus was in agony, he was sorrowful, he was in consternation. In other words, he was neither fit for company or desirous thereof. He, he didn't want people around him. That's the state of affairs. He was in agony. He had the weight like lead on his spirit. And uh, the one commentary even describes it as a fit of ache. In other words, he was so deeply distressed that he was developing a fever. Now, I don't know about you, but i face faced some circumstances where I've really been stressed, and I can bear witness with the fact that in they don't want to be with me. I, I just actually need to be alone. And I, I admit that. But I've never been so stressed about something that I've actually developed a fever because it has worn me down. And yet Jesus has gone over and above to show that he is a human and he has to face fear like each and every one of us. And so while we as believers don't need to fear death, the fear of death is real. We're all gonna face it one day. And it's a real fear. And Jesus is putting it right in front of us in terms of what He needs to go through, how difficult the situation is. In addition to the fact that he knew he was gonna die, I believe what weighed on him more is the fact that he would have been separated from the Father the minute he took on the sin of the world. And I think that was something that was weighing on him far more than the act of death itself. The separation from Father is something that really weighed on him as he was about to take on the sin of the world. And so Jesus shows us how he responded in all of this, and the, the word catches it for us so beautifully. And I want us to have a look at it. How did Jesus go through? How did he respond to this and set an example for us? And that takes me to point number two. Jesus went straight to the Father. You know, if there was any comfort to be had in this uh, horrible situation, Jesus knew that that comfort was gonna be with His Father. And so through going, doing the work of the cross and creating an opportunity for us to be present with Him, we have the opportunity in Him to be present with the Father and to approach Father with absolutely anything. How many times do we find ourselves where we're facing something and we try in our own strength and in our own counsel to make it happen when Father should be the first place we should be going to? Sometimes Father is the first place that we go to, but it's sometimes when there's just no options. And I believe the message Jesus is giving us here is no matter what it is, No matter what the circumstance, run to the Father. He's a good, good Father. The second thing which I see taking place here, which I believe is an example for us, and my point number three, is that Jesus had a clear understanding of His calling and purpose. I don't know if you noticed, but in this particular portion of Scripture, God doesn't respond There were other places in, in the scriptures where, where there was an interaction and, and, and God responded. But in this particular portion of scripture, the weightiness of it, God doesn't respond. And I believe there's a reason why. And I want us to look at it. And um, so, at the same time, at the same time, This portion of scripture, again, reveals the agony that he is in. Um, And the only place of comfort he could find was in the presence of the Father. My mind is jumping between points. That's what's happening. (laughs) So anyway, Jesus had a clear understanding of his calling and purpose. And just put yourself, if you consider the fact that God is silent in, in this portion of scripture, Father's here today. Put yourself in God's shoes with regards to your own children. I know I would want to jump in. I would want to see what plan can be made. I would want to rescue. I would try and do everything possible to make things better and the hurt, uh, the hurt as little as possible. And yet God is silent. And I believe God is silent Is because of the very point that Jesus had a clear understanding of his calling and his purpose. Jesus knew the what and the when and that what and when and that call and that purpose was rooted in God. Which is why Jesus was able to say the words, nevertheless not as I will but as you will. God did not need to respond. Because regardless of what was going on, Jesus knew what needed to happen. See, Jesus had the courage to say, not my will, but your will, Father, because he understood his purpose and his call. And that purpose and call was in Father. Church, I want to say to you that the first place you run to is to Father. The second thing is, There is nothing like walking in the plans and the purposes of God for your life. Make sure you know why you are here and why God has called you to be here because he has a call and a destiny, a good plan for each and every one of us sitting in this building today. And I also wanna say that there is a surrendering to the sovereignty of God when we can say, I can, in him. I wanna repeat it because I, I believe it's something key because when we recognize the sovereignty of God, we recognize that our whole lives are in him. And so there is a surrendering to the sovereignty of God when we say, I can, in him. So we are called to be a people of purpose and we are called to be a people of hope. And certainly what's behind us and least of all what is ahead of us should hold us back from walking in God. And it's because we know that God is always good. May that be a revelation to each and every one of you today. That we know that God is good and that we are loved by Him. People we are loved by Father God deeply. And so we are able to declare over our lives Philippians 1 verse 6 where it says, being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. And so as the communion team starts to get ready, I want to share with you a scripture from Romans 15 verse 13, which I believe has bearing on 2020 and the road ahead. And it reads as follows. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him. There's a key, as you trust in Him. So that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The second key is the power of the Holy Spirit. Because of the work of the cross, we have the Holy Spirit with us today. And we are able to live in power by the Holy Spirit. And so... I believe the Lord has laid a a prophetic word on on my heart for for us as a people and I believe it's it's rooted in this message and and, uh, where people find themselves today. And uh, it goes like this. I believe that in 2020, there will be a great awakening.